How we doing? It is Friday, July 20th, episode 8. Welcome to another episode of Anxiety Help with Wes. I am Wes Murphy. I feel like I've done a great job in my first seven. Let's see if we can go eight for eight. That's what we're trying to do. Here's what we got for today. Let's start with a little clip from Fitness and Biceps. In just a moment, I was listening to their podcast, popular podcast if you haven't checked them out. And, and the gentleman, uh, I think his name, I don't remember his name, he's talking about anger. That's what's important. Let's listen in on what he says about anger. Then I'm going to go to a Dr. Berg. I like his stuff. And he talks about uh, diet, B1 deficiency, and then sugar. He inspired me this week, I'll tell you in a moment. My guest is Lisa. She has, I want to say, 20 or so years as a counselor in a middle school, mainly with middle school. We'll ask her about that. And there's a couple things I want to get, I really would like to ask her about. You know, what are some of the trends? And what does she want parents to know? And what are the biggest issues that students face? I know what she's going to say, but I want to get into that with her and and how she responds to that. And I'm not going to mention this, but there's also some personal challenges she's dealt with, some some things in her own life. So we'll see if we get into that and maybe how she's responded. With that said, let's start with this clip from biceps, fitness and biceps. By the way, if, if you're offended by language, I would cut away. I like their language. They've got some, they've got some uh, choice words, and I like it. All right, here we go. I have a, uh, uh, just a, uh, um, I wish people could understand. I wish people could feel how hard it is to control um, my temper, and I was born that way. Um, and I realize that it's, um, I realize that it's genetic and it's probably, um, in my heritage, right? It's, it's, you know, it's DNA driven and, um, there's no way I could ever, um, work anywhere or, um, work with people or, or have any success if I let this force, which is the most dominant force inside of me, um, get the best of me. So, you know, I had to come to a point where I had to fix my shit, you know, and that's kind of what I'm titling this is fix your shit because, um, I, 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 I see people in, in our workplace. I see people in every workplace that have these flaws. Everybody knows if they can't focus. Everyone knows if they can't be on time. Everybody knows what they're weak at, but they won't man up and, and fix it. And, 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 they, and they just keep trying to get by. And it's like if, if I come back to myself and say like, okay, if I tried to get by with, with this temper, not only would I be fired from every job, but I wouldn't be able to succeed anywhere. I think that's a powerful stopping place. It does not get much more clear than that, does it? You got to fix your stuff, and based on my listeners, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not going to use those words. But I talk to myself that way all the time. I will look in the mirror, and I will talk to myself that way. It's kind of motivating. Let's let's look at that for a moment. He's saying, 
drop that pride, drop that ego, acknowledge that there's a pattern. And that, I really relate to the anger. I don't know if you feel that way, but a lot of us, or at least me, and some of the students I've worked with, anxiety can also come off as irritable. And I hear him saying, hey, take a hard look in the mirror, acknowledge it. And for those of us with anxiety or depersonalization, we've got to fix it. We've got to face it. Now, how that's done is the question. I have an approach most people don't. I like that, though. Good for him. Acknowledging, I got, I got to get this on lock. I got to get my house in order with my anger. Thank you for that. That's great. Let's say hi to Dr. Berg. Dr. Berg, who uh, he has a podcast. What is that podcast called? Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Okay, I'm going to have to tell you a little about myself in a moment, but let's listen in to what he says about... Sorry, just got a call. I'm going to have to call them back. Let's listen in to what he says about how much sugar is needed in your diet. Teaspoon of sugar in your entire body. That's one teaspoon per all of the blood in your body. You have about a gallon and a half of blood in your body. And all you need is one little tiny teaspoon. But this doesn't mean that it has to come from actual sugar. You can get that from eating, you know, a piece of um, protein. So the point is the amount of sugar you need is zero. But the average amount of sugar that an average American consumes every single year is 150 pounds of sugar. 150 pounds. In one's lifetime, that comes out to a dumpster full of sugar. That's 31 teaspoons a day. Yeah, when our requirement is zero. So when we consume so much sugar, you're going to create problems with the hormone that controls sugar called insulin. Okay? Now, most of the disease. I'm going to cut it off right there. Let's listen into another one. He talks about uh, signs of B1 deficiency, and a lot of us with anger, may, anger, anxiety, may have that. When you use a lot of mental energy and physical energy, you deplete your B1 reserve. So, alcohol will also deplete B1. Liver damage will deplete B1, and then of course the classic too much sugar or just sugar and, I mean, not too much, just you shouldn't be eating any sugar because that's going to deplete B1. And then refined carbohydrates, and that would be the breads, pasta, cereal, crackers, biscuits. I don't recommend taking a synthetic B1 unless you're doing some type of detoxification cleanse and it's a short-term thing. You'd be much better off um, taking nutritional yeast. Um, that's a more natural form, not brewer's yeast, not baker's yeast but nutritional yeast. It's at the health food store. It comes in a container. Take a teaspoonful every single day. That's what I do. Put it in some plain yogurt or kefir. Okay, that's kind of a sour yogurt. And I, I usually take that in the morning and uh, you'll get all your bees and you'll actually help a lot of these symptoms. I've never taken nutritional yeast. Have you? I have not. 
nutritional yeast. I did go and get a synthetic, as he mentioned. I did get a B complex supplement, which increases your B12, your B6, all the B vitamins. By the way, it is important. We find these people, like a Dr. Berg or some of these podcasts, it is important for me not to take what I hear as law from someone. Maybe qualify, they may communicate very well, but I put everything through my lens. Does that resonate with me? Now, nothing particular about that video, but I just do not immediately go, okay, we're going to do absolutely everything. Because keep in mind, he is selling supplements. He does have things that he's going to sell. I have greatly benefited from his podcast. And uh, he has videos on YouTube. He's 50. He looks amazing. He is big. Okay. He's big on the ketogenic diet, as is the name of his, his podcast, Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting. I haven't done the ketogenic diet. I know that's popular. I'll tell you this. Intermittent fasting has my attention. Here we go. Here's a little bit here's a little bit of a diet update from Wes. That's me. Historically, I would get up, I would eat breakfast, snacks, lunch, then we do a dinner and then a snack at dinner. Growing up in Tennessee, I remember I ate the six to seven meals a day. There's this philosophy of kind of keep the engine running, smaller meals, your body can handle it. Now there's something called the warrior diet, one meal a day, just one big meal a day. Terry Crews, I saw an interview with him. He eats, great actor. Is he not the funniest guy ever? Terry Crews. He eats from 2 till 10 p.m. He goes, hey, man, it works for me. That's what I do. I've actually, for about two weeks, I've field tested this myself. (sighs) What I've done is I have not consumed any food, any breakfast. And then I got till about, I I waited till 10. Then I waited till 11, then 12, then 1, then 2. Just to see. How does how can I how can I stand it? How does my body react? I am testing right now. What does it also look like if I eat in the morning but not in the evening? I'm just going to see how my body. I will tell you this: I have gotten more cut. I'm a, I'm a trim dude. I am a trim dude. I'm about six feet tall, a hundred and fifty-five pounds. Okay, let's be very specific: five eleven and three quarters about 153 pounds, depending on the scale. That's pretty trim. But I've gotten, I'm never, I've never been a muscly guy, but I have gotten more cut. After listening to Dr. Berg, I did go get that B1, excuse me, B-complex supplement. I jumped back on fish oil. I think getting on a supplement, synthetic supplement, is very popular to start. But I feel if I'm consuming the right foods, most of my nutritional needs will be taken care of. It's a process. It's a daily process. Okay, so I'm going to uh, go say hi to Lisa, who should be pulling up here at my house any moment. Go say hi to Lisa, and uh, let's let's see what this conversation brings. Looking forward to it. We're recording. Yes, sir. You sound good. 
you're coming straight from your first day back at school. Yes. Yes. How'd it go? It was good. Today was just faculty and our school system met as a whole. By the way, you can pull on this thing and lower that microphone if you need. Uh, That was more of my height, right? Yeah, that's better. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's way better. (laughs) Yes. First day faculty, students next week. Students next week, they come on Wednesday, um, all three grades, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Now, I may have dated, I filmed, I recorded the the intro just a moment ago, Mm -hmm. and I said 20 years. How long? That's right. That is right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Working mainly with middle school. Yes. Okay, so I'm working now at an intermediate school, and when I tell people, when I say middle school, Mm-hmm. The reaction is always, oh, the the, mm-hmm. the oh, the crazy ones, right? Yeah, that. But you're you're kind of crazy. Yeah, you have to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they are excellent. Um, developmentally, they're at a different stage in life, and so they're a little more difficult than. I mean, as far as you can't peg a middle school student into a certain group or middle school students respond this way or middle school students are preteens middle school students are such a variety developmentally they could be like a little elementary school kid or have the maturity of like a high school student so you never know what you're getting um and then all these kids are interacting with one another and going to school together so size wise they may differ um, emotionally they differ. So there's so, there's, there's nothing similar in middle school. I, oh, I went to a high school and gained like 30 pounds for football, which is big here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But I also do see those, those students that are really small and I'm going, I wonder if they're getting the same comments I got. When I, I remember when I expressed that I wanted to play sports in high school or football. Really? You're so mm-hmm. small. Are, are there, is there bullying to size, size bullying happening right now? I do think that um, that is something kids deal with. Um, I for, we forget about it. I haven't thought about that in so long, but that's a big thing. It's huge. It is. For boys and girls. Huh. Mm-hmm. And you brought today, you brought a guest with you who is, can I go ahead and say, yes. tall and Very beautiful. Tall. Very much so. How we'll, and we'll meet Hannah in a few minutes, but Hannah is how tall? 5'10", um, 5'8", five, five, but she, she's taller than me, and I always thought I was 5'8", five, 5'9", five, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. And she's long and lean. Her legs are long, so I think she has a like looks tall as well looks tall Mm -hmm. always she was a a student um very close to me had her for um three years of middle school then got to see her um some in high school and have had her little sisters um but she was always very mature um in terms of emotionally mature since she was the big sister had three little sisters so she was in a you know, going through middle school with a lot of kids who acted more like kind of immature. We saw that. Yeah. And, and I may have not said this in, when, in the intro, but 
I was your intern for any mm-hmm. listeners. I was your intern. And I noticed you continue relationships with students many years after. So you've, you've continued a, a connection with Hannah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just blessed. Um, and those are family, family, you know, just so lucky to have her all these years in my life. And I'm so excited to see where she's going with her life. Did, did you connect with teachers outside, like after you graduated or after you finished that grade? You know, I had one um, teacher in high school uh, my freshman year. She was fresh out of college. And um, to this day, we stay in touch on Facebook. She actually took her and her, she was married to one of the football coaches. She taught English and her and her husband took me and my little boyfriend to Six Flags Over Georgia while we were in high school um, and went on a double date. <laughs> so it was really special. And to this day, she updates me on how yeah. her and her husband are doing. And it's been a great relationship, but that's about the only one I've had, but it was special. I'm trying to think if there's yeah, I'm sure there there are several for me, but I can't think right on the spot. Them. I can't think mm-hmm. of it. We were talking just a moment ago, and one of the questions I had, you call the house special anxiety yes. at and your school. Absolutely. It is the house special. Um, huh. It is the number one thing uh, we deal with at middle school and have, uh, you know, pretty much since I started 20 years ago. Anxiety has been a big deal. I'm seeing it even more so today, boys and girls, mm-hmm. and in all three grades. So it seems to be gr- a growing trend. Do you remember what you were anxious about in middle school? Um, in middle school, I think I was I compared myself to other kids comparing comparing yeah and feeling inadequate that way um but I worried over like I really worried over academics um overly worried maybe and just there was just uh, just uh, so many things um that happen at school that you're concerned about that in your day-to-day routine gym am I going to be able to run as fast as somebody are they going to make fun of me do I look right Um, am I going to pass my spelling test and then a lot of kids have additional worries outside of school so add it all up and you have a big ball of anxiety Hmm. yeah I'm thinking the technology is the big think so conversation now but it hasn't or has it changed I think in the past 10 years I think so um I remember about I remember my first internet episode where um it was like in the beginning like a long time ago maybe 17 18 years ago where a girl brought in some social media bullying and they, they printed it off and we were going through it. Um, and that was a whole new thing to me. I had no idea how to help them or like, yeah. was that a school, was that a school problem or is that a outside problem or how do I, you know, what do I do to bring, re- how can I help them find resolution? Um, so that was the first time. And, um, now, you know, kids, um, 
do the copy um, on Snapchat. What, what are they? Snap. Snap a picture or whatever. Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. And they, well, they, they save it on their phone and they will show me on their phone. Um, so I do think it has added another dimension, the same kind of concerns uh, that we, that I even had in middle school are still here today, but social media has given us another way to compare ourselves. Um, it also has a lot of times given someone who may not be a bully in person or feel like they would not otherwise be mean, but have that anonymity behind a, you know, screen and may say something ugly that they normally wouldn't. So yeah, it's, it's caused more issues, I think. And there's some movement toward the term they're using, digital citizenship. That's a whole new... Right. That's a whole new area to to teach yes. from a counselor. Yes, yes, huh. yeah. what, And what do we tell parents about this for, chi- for children? Okay, I've got a number of thoughts swirling through my head. Okay. Anna, okay, let me focus. Mm-hmm. How do we help kids with this? It's just normal. It's standard counseling. Yes. We just walk them through their work. How do you help kids? And then what do we tell parents? I know I'm putting, that's a big one. Yeah, it is. Hannah and I actually talked about that some on the way here today. Um, And, you know, we weren't really, unfortunately, we weren't thinking about it from a digital, like, you know, technology standpoint. We were just thinking about kids worrying about transitions like going into middle school or just worrying about school in general but the, the social media all that does play a huge role in it um, so one of the things when we're I'm talking to kids um, is what um, first off you know when you're on social media what is your goal like you know are you is your goal to connect with friends or, you know, cause there's some kids who are real sensitive to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and so for them, they've even figured out through talking to me or into their parents that they, they want less time on social media. Yes. Wow. Just to give them a mental emotional break, you know, because while we're on it, it's, um, it's the same pressure of school outside of school right there in front of your face, you know, so you're never getting that time away from all that pressure that you feel. Um, I have recently deleted a bunch of Facebook friends mm -hmm. and I've I've asked myself, what, what is Facebook to me? What do I want out of Mm -hmm. it? How do I want to show up? What do people do that annoy me so I don't do that? Mm-hmm. How do I, I don't have the answers mm-hmm. yet, mm-hmm. but I have posed those <laughs> questions. Yeah, what, what, what do I want out of it? So I don't know. It's, it's great, though. Social media is amazing, but it has to... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. I'm thinking. I'm listening. That's... It's amazing. I, I hear... I have some friends who... I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done with social media. I'm out, which seems like... Okay, I know for me, I have groups from work. Right. I have a lot of uh, questions. It's People can verify identity. You can log mm-hmm. in with Facebook, mm-hmm. amongst other things. So, mm-hmm. Hannah, for you, 
Is anything coming to your mind on social? Come on in, come on in and Hannah join. Hannah will and, have a lot of answers about that as she deals with that on a daily, I'm sure, basis. Yeah, swing that microphone around your way. Give me a sound check in there. Hi. Um, <laughs> How's your social media world treating you? I guess, personally, I mean, you always have, like, those people who, I guess, kind of have a traditional way of thinking, like, oh, just turn it off or don't use social media as much as you do. It's unhealthy or they look at like the negative aspects of things. And um, when you end up doing that, you don't realize just how many resources you use with that. Mm. You can literally talk to someone like a distance away, like in a second and like be able to have information. And I like form groups with people in order to like have things organized, like if I'm in a club or something. Yeah. And um, we use, like, FaceTiming and any type of thing like that, like, to just have, like, discussions. And in that way, it's useful. Yeah. But sometimes you come across things that can be, like, really upsetting and very... um, Disturbing? Yeah, I guess, yeah, disturbing. And it just, like, kind of messes, like, with your personal well-being or your own personal feelings. Can you think of an example? Um... Like there could be like a simple picture on Instagram and Instagram is actually an app that I no longer have because I just knew that I um, didn't mind using it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there there are these things like comment wars where um, one person will have an opinion and they'll just like just be spouting hate towards each other or just spouting like unnecessary comments towards each other. And um, like I know it's like not directed to like any particular person but like still just seeing like all like the wars and like the little arguments and just like just straight up hate and things that get circulated um through social media can be like really upsetting and you just don't want to be around that environment now you are you just graduated and you're going to start your freshman year of college correct yes university congratulations thank you so she's going into year number two. Yes, oh, I'm you, coming back home from y- where I used to You were in New York, mm-hmm. and now you're headed to a school in Tennessee? Yes. Okay, good for you. What do, what, what are we studying? Uh, maybe international affairs. International affairs. And we mentioned a moment ago, do you model as well? Um, that kind of is a past thing that I used to do. I don't yeah. do it as often anymore. Um, it you kind of started off as a hobby, then turned into something more serious, then d- back into a hobby. Um, Do you but, have an agent here? Hmm? Do you have an agent here? Uh, used to. Talent track? Gage? Uh, no. Um, it was based out of Nashville. Let me say this. I am going to be... I recorded a year ago something through Talent Track here in Knoxville. It's called Murder Comes to Town, and I played... A killer on that <laughs> show. It comes on, and it was a full year ago, and it airs next week. Wow. I think you'll see like five minutes, because I've always been interested in, in acting, and I know that, that they represent models mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, who knows? Good I've for you. I've worked with people from Gage and Talent Track yeah. before, though. Okay, so uh, what was I going to ask? Okay, now you were in New York. You're going. Now you're here. Yes, got it. A moment ago, I was asking Lisa about middle school, what students worry about. Do you remember what you were concerned with in middle school? And is it something, have, have, when you look back, 
you know, those four or five years ago, has it changed or were those worries bigger? Were they smaller? Um, I guess I kind of saw it as a weird transitional period because you're kind of growing out of like being like the little kid, like from elementary school and like kind of the babies that kind of got like coddled. And I don't mean like maybe like in like the true direct way. I mean like kind of more in like in a general just being grown. Yeah. Um, and like, you're not exactly the adult that high school expects you to be like, who's like kind of throwing you into college and like, you need to get like a career as soon as possible. It's like a weird transitional period between then, because while you're growing, all the kids in there are between those spectrums and you don't really know what to do with that. And while you're in that period you're starting to make groups and cliques and worrying why you're not in a specific group or clique and yeah that's like when everybody's like just trying to figure out what they want to do and like what they're really interested in and you're no longer just doing the basics that you did in elementary school because I remember in middle school they had um like the elective classes, like how you get to choose between chorus, band, right. and general education, and that kind of like lets you pick out your interests. So things like really coming together and coming like into focus during that, I'm going to say it again, weird transitional period Yeah, can really cause some stress. I don't think I've ever asked this question. But we, we, we mentioned a moment ago, everybody can, can be self-conscious and maybe more so in middle school. Were you pretty in middle school? Lisa is giving me the big thumbs up and she's <laughs> like, yes. Okay. Was that hard to deal with? Um, no, not at all. No. It was great. That's the funny thing. Um, by my fellow students, I wasn't really considered pretty. I had like these yeah. braces very frizzy hair, acne, like it looked like the ring of fire. <laughs> and um, I guess... Um, Try freckles. <laughs> Try like really big, massive freckles. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, like when you're around adults, like and they're around you and they're like, oh, you're so pretty. Or look at your daughter. She's so cute. and She's so pretty. And then like you're around like people your age and they're like, what is that potato? Or <laughs> something like yeah. that. What, what, they, they don't view you as pretty or is there jealousy? I don't know. Um, mm. And the reason I ask about that is when we talk about social media, there's a lot of anger that shows up online. And I'm imagining for you. I'm 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 imagining you going hey out with you posting a picture and people being angry about that. Hmm. Doesn't if that doesn't have that's good. <laughs> good. You haven't dealt with that. Can Go I ahead. Something? I just want to say something. So Hannah is one of the unusual ones who is more like um I feel like she she was really shy and quiet and more inward in school. So she wasn't the social butterfly. Um, very beautiful, but very more withdrawn. Yeah. So, um, and, and even today, like she, she wouldn't put a picture on Facebook. Her mom, you know, has like a sort of like a book of her modeling. Good mom. Yeah. And, (laughs) but Hannah just, um, she's just more 
a different she's just got a different twist I guess mm-hmm. we were did we should did a personality test we did the Myers Briggs Kiersey oh what do we got you are an I N F J no, no. I N T J introvert n- needing no uh, what intuit- what is intuitive introvert she's an introvert intuitive feeling no thinking thinking there you go I'm f- the feeling one she's a thinking which is so great I think lucky you um so thinking and then your last one was judging mm-hmm. which is not judging in the typical sense it's like it has to do more with um how you see the outside world and spend your time processing considering let me jump straight to something we started talking about you mentioned your sister she had some hives a breakout yes a rash rather and that was due to anxiety what 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 happened there um what happened was um my sister like she usually um can break out she has like really bad allergic reactions usually to things so when she started and she's in middle school right yes she's okay. in middle school well she's actually in intermediate school and she's going into middle school uh-huh. so it's not just grades it's school systems well not systems but right schools and um, so she usually gets bumps or rashes or things from, like, her allergies. And we just thought it was something like that. And they got bigger. They spread down her neck, her back, the side of her face, and, um, like, the front of her chest. So when they started getting bigger and they got more texture to them, um, my family and I, we began to get worried. So we took her to the hospital and we were waiting and we were wondering what was going on. And we thought it was just a new allergen or something that she came across. And when the doctor came out, he said that these hives were related to stress. And we were like, what? What is she oh, yeah. stressing out about? Oh, yeah. And um, the doctor ended up talking to her a little bit and they realized that she was having a lot of stress and anxiety due to her going from intermediate school to mm-hmm. middle school. And she dealt with thoughts like, I'm not prepared for this, or I'm not ready for this, or like this is a big step. And she's just feeling like a lot of anxiety due to that. And That's where she's at right now. Yeah. How, do, how do we help her with that? We were thinking, just letting her know that if she ever comes across an issue, that we are there for her and we can talk to her and if she needs any resources or if we need to talk to teachers um we've made that pretty clear and lisa she has made it very clear that she lisa yes because me myself and um my sister who is older than the previous sister that i mentioned have had great success and relationships with lisa and we told her you are going to love her and if you ever need anything you can go to her wow what an ally mm-hmm. right how nice is that because a lot of people don't have that yeah yeah but at least at a lot of schools there's someone be it the school counselor or not mm-hmm. yeah do you ever here's the strategy do we make fun of her hives at all no darn it that's a no <laughs> um sometimes guys if we have something we're concerned about, we go straight at it. Oh, nice hives. That's beautiful. Or have you considered, and, and we'll be mean to each other, but the goal is to 
go straight at it and give it less power. It, mm. We're so comfortable with it. We can, and if it's very sensitive, you can't, we cannot do it, right? If yeah. she's very sensitive. But the thing with the hives is, I'm imagining she's already anxious. Now she has hives. Now she's anxious about the rash. Oh my gosh. And it just, it's a cycle. So it's like, where to break that? And what a good sister you are. Go, hey, let me do it. I like to think so. <laughs> Did she meet Lisa yet? Hmm? Yeah, she... she's met her. Okay. So it's a good connection. Yes. She loved her immediately. Um, Lisa, she took us out for tubing and a movie. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay. So so I discussed with Aaliyah. I asked her some more questions about the hives because I was shocked. That just came out about by accident while we were tubing. We were just having a conversation. Um, and she said... We were talking about being nervous about different things, but not anything about school. And um, her little sister said, well, that is exactly what has caused these scars right now. Hopefully they're temporary, but was from me being anxious. And I said, oh, what have you been anxious about? Never expecting her to say school. And Mm -hmm. she said, I'm so, I I was so anxious about going from, fifth grade into middle school into sixth grade. I was like, really? That was, was. Yeah. And I said, well, tell me what you were thinking. Cause I got, that helps me know how to help other students. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, well, it just started. It was like automatic. I, I got to thinking, uh, school starts in another week and where am I going to, where do I go? Like, do, who's going to drop me off and where do they drop me off? Like what part of the building? And then she said that led to the next thought, where do they pick me up at? And then when I started thinking about where did I drop off, where did I pick up? She said, then the next thing in the next, and she said they were just rushing in thoughts. And she said they were overwhelming. And the next thing she knows, she started itching. Itching. And then we have, yeah, racing thoughts and ability to, I quoted this book. Uh, I'm reading this right now. Freeing Your Child from Anxiety, and it's the parent's master plan for anxiety. Step one, empathize, right? Absolutely. Key. Step two, relabel the problem as the worry brain. Interesting. It's a mm-hmm. worry brain. For example, if the child says, I can't do this, it's it may say worry is making this really difficult right mm-hmm. now, and you feel like you can't do it. To identify, this is not you. That is worry. And she goes into a lot more depth. That's excellent. Rethink and shrink. So if we identify all of the problems mm-hmm. that she's, or concerns, where am I going to get picked up? So maybe like a trip to the school, here's where you're going to get picked mm-hmm. up to mm-hmm. see it. Because the imagination usually is way worse. Than, Absolutely. Let's see. Approach, get the body on board, turn off the alarms. Is, is she having any panic attacks? That you know of? That I know of. I haven't seen her have one. Um, yeah. Of family members who have history of Did them. You, do, your, do your parents have a history of anxiety? Um, yes. Yeah. A lot, okay. So that step is how to calm down the body because the body is reacting. Or in, in like a, at a hospital, they would say stabilize. So she is stable, but how to continue? How do you relax? What do you do to calm yourself down? Mm. Usually what I have to do is um, take us, and this is going to sound very 
I like annoying crazy. and out there. Please. But um, like usually like when you hear someone tell you to take a step back, you're like, what? I can't do that. That's impossible. <laughs> or you're so like locked into the anxiety and the stress that like it seems like you can't get anywhere other than that place. Yeah. But what I found um, is kind of taking a step back and realize just how black and white my thinking is. Um, like it's either going to be okay or it's going to be the absolute disaster worst, um, Armageddon. And just realizing just how ridiculous that (laughs) mind of thinking is. Yeah. Because if you don't get to the right pickup and you don't get to the right drop off or you're studying for something and you're panicking about it or anything along those lines, usually there are simple solutions to those issues or they're not as out there as you might think. It feels like there's no other choice or the only like answer left to do is stress out and just panic. Mm. Yeah. I'm walking this out right now. So one of her concerns was, you know, what's the main concern about middle school? Was she able to identify it? Is it the pickup? She the unknown? never really truly identified it. And I guess she just never like, and it's not really like in your head to actually take the time and find the problem and solution. Right. So I guess she was never in that frame of mind to actually figure out what the main problem is. Well, she couldn't be. How could <laughs> she understand that? I can only do that as a thirty-five, young 35 looking year old, <laughs> may I add, after years of training. I'm thinking to myself, hmm, let's just use the pickup example. So let's just say she goes out. She's waiting for mom and dad. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mom to come get her. Mom doesn't show up. Then what happens? That's, wh- that's what I would do in a conversation. Let's, and then I would go through and say, okay, what's the likelihood? So if you're not picked up, which what's the possible chance of that? There's mm-hmm. little risk. Did your mom ever forget to get you? Is uh, that what, what this we is all usually about? do is um, she takes the bus. Okay. But you know what? I'm I'm walking through this and I'm trying to make some jokes to keep it light. But that's a legit concern. I mean, her concerns mm-hmm. are understandable. If I'm going into middle school, that makes sense to me to worry about something like that. And it's just the unknown. What's the school like? What are the people like? Where do I eat lunch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old are you? Um, I'm 18. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Soon to be 19. Yeah. When's your birthday? Um, August 1st. Happy birthday. I'm kidding. It's not time <laughs> yet. Thank you. I'll reserve that till August 1st. Okay. Good f- Good for her, though. She's working on it. Yes. Yeah. My, my mom and my mom's mom both had anxiety, and that, be it genetic and or learned environment, learned behavior. Just something we got to deal with. How are you doing in that department? Did um, you ever did you ever have that like your sister? Yes, not as extreme like with the physical effects as such as like the hives. Um but I've had issues in the past with anxiety and things like that. And then you had Lisa, go ahead. Do you mind sharing with him just I know you, you have, she has, like you, uh, Mr. West, she has goals that she's working on, and she has two 
that she's working yes. on. But one of them in particular is more kind of wrapped around anxiety and stress. Do you mind, do you feel like sharing that mm-hmm. with them? Um, right now, um, but before this, um, I had discussion with my parents and, um, we found that the best solution was to find me someone to talk to, like a counselor or therapist or something like that. So what I'm doing now is I just met with mine and while we were talking about things or I was going back in my past talking about things and I started speaking about how I'm in my head a lot. So when I'm in my own head a lot, it gives me time to think about what goes wrong or um, what went wrong in something that I did in the past that was a mistake or caused a lot of issues. Um, And when I told her that, um, she asked me, okay, what are some goals that you have thought about? And um, one of them was not allowing panic to turn into an amp like an avalanche because what I've noticed and it happens every time and I do the same thing um, is like I'll get to something and either I procrastinate about it and let it wait to the last minute or something will happen I'm not exactly prepared for it and when I'm put in that situation I either throw it off or go into hyper-focus on it and just pretty much do everything else that I had to do and push it out of the way. And that's the only thing that I'm focusing on at that second. You you let go of other responsibilities and put all your energy, boom, on this one thing. Yes. Okay. So after that, having that wait until the last minute or the new responsibility that I wasn't prepared for um, the panic doesn't even let me do that anyway or perform the thing that I was supposed to do anyway. So not only is that not working, I still have all this other stuff on <laughs> to the side that I threw away that I have to do. So then I focus on that. And while I'm trying to work on this stuff, I'm getting new stuff that I have to do that's coming in at like a heavy flow. So it just kind of, it's like a snowball effect or something like that. So my goal is to not, do that because I have noticed that I've done it again and again and that's my natural reaction to do so what I'm trying to do is either at first I was trying to stop it on myself and that didn't work so (laughs) to stop thinking (laughs) this way yeah so just trying to find like outside help or ways to cope with just not allowing that small ounce of panic just turn into a gallon of problems. Yes. So it may be some sort of self-talk. Oh, right now I am noticing the pattern where I take this one issue. And by the way, is there one particular issue you can think of where you've, that's caused that hyper focus? Uh, yes, recent? actually. Yeah. Do you mind sharing? What the- yes. Um, back when I was in college and um, there are other problems that kind of led to me having problems in college up there by myself um but that's a lot one of the things was I was busy and then I had a lot thing a lot of things going on during a week and I had a paper due and next thing I knew it's like two in the morning before my 7 a.m class and I did not work on that paper at all so I tried working on it and working on it and working on it and I had other things I needed to do that 
were due probably the day after that day. That would have been easy to do. And um, so I kept working on it, working on it, just pushed everything out of the way and didn't finish the paper. It wasn't good because like, didn't, like barely had any sleep, didn't have time to do it. So that didn't work out. And that thing that I was working on was just horrendous. So the like planning that I did to like just hyper focus on that just didn't even work anyway. And all the things I pushed to the side are now on my lap that I have to get done. So I'm trying to work on all this, like all these things together and I'm just panicking. I don't know how to handle all this work. And while I'm trying to do this work, I have all these other things coming my way and I just panicked. And so I couldn't do my work effectively or efficiently. What an incredible insight. What a great realization. And when, if I'm in your shoes on something like that, I go, oh, okay. I'm hyper-focusing on this one thing. Mm-hmm. I'm in a stress state and it's okay. I don't make my stress bad. Mm-hmm. I'm in a stress state. It's okay. I'm not going to benefit myself by dropping my other responsibilities. Maybe in your case, that meant I'm going to go ahead and go to sleep. I'm going to put some new structures in for next time. So I'm not, you know, yes. um, but whatever I'm, however I usually handle this is not working and accept it. That's great insight. Good for you. Yeah. Good job. Just looking in it and it'd be great to just accept it. But like I have done it time <laughs> and time again. Oh, now, now <laughs> you're getting into the, uh, so I had one that I've done over and, oh, and for me, it's a, it revolves around sleep. I know what I need to do in order to get up early and be effective. Mm-hmm. And I spoke about this the other day and I do it every now. I turned on a movie. You should watch this called The Burbs with Tom Hanks. Have you seen it, Lisa? Mm-mm. The Burbs. It's a stupid, silly movie from the 80s or 90s. So I went, it's time to go to bed, Wes. <laughs> and then I went, no, let's turn on the TV. We want to we want to <laughs> chill for a few minutes. And then I said, you know, let's go ahead and have another meal, which is going to affect my sleep. So the next morning I woke up. And by the way, this happens over and over and over again. So the next morning I feel terrible. I don't get up when I want to. I, I never focus on wake up times. I always focus on go to bed times and then wake up. Well, so I got up and instead of. You stupid idiot. <laughs> Instead of doing that, I am now nicer to myself mm. through years of coaching, and I'll talk to myself like a fourth grader. Okay, Wesley, <laughs> we had another meal last night. This didn't work. You've done this 18 times in the month. Why do we? So at least I know that by beating myself up doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then I go in and I write about it. So I, I pull out my document. I write about it in my health category, my emotional health. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, here's what happened. Here's what we did. Why did I not do what I knew I needed to do? What are we going to do next time? And at least I'm nice to myself. Mm -hmm. I relate. That's what I'm saying through that silly story. But you know what? For me, that's some of the work. A lot of us who are anxious, that's... That's what I told Hannah on um, today. I said, you've you've got 75%, in my opinion, more than half of your problem solved just by figuring out that this is an issue. It's... um, it's a pattern. Um, it repeats. It causes me extreme anxiety. Um, how can I break this pattern? Because not only, I mean, she's successful in a lot of things and academically very bright, um, 
But the thing about it is, is that it's the, it's gives her not the outcome she's looking for. Um, but most of it, I think is just the extreme anxiety that it causes her, the frustration and the worry and the whole panic mode that goes on with it. That is where the big problem is. I mean, you get, you've had things you've done on time and gotten done in the past, but, um, so it's not that every assignment she puts it off. That's not the problem. You're managing a lot. Yes. Yes. A lot of juggling going on and it's just, um, but the, but the process. And let me empathize with this. Okay. So we know that transition periods for you, for, from one school to another, from high school to college, from intermediate to middle, they are the most stressful times in a person's life. Any sort of transition, even if a good transition. Absolutely. Right? So that makes sense. And then school assignments. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a lot. We're trying to manage social life. We're mm-hmm. trying to manage health, a new city. So on some level, I under, completely understand. Absolutely. And then um, she's... I'm very close with her little sisters. There's there's four girls, and they're always together. Four sisters. Huh? Four sisters, um, all beautiful and so close and always together. Um, and so that was a quick, like, she was away from her sisters, her mom and dad, um, her hometown, uh, just in a whole new setting, which she was excited about. And I'm very proud of her. And I told her, and her mom has as well, and I want her to remember this, that was a huge step and it was a success um, because you did that. That's more than I can say that I've ever done just to go all the way to New York by myself and stay an academic year. So although she's coming back home for a lot of reasons, um, what she did in New York has taught her so much and she's grown so much and I'm really proud of her. Side note, what school in New York was it as we wind down? Yeah. Um, it was Hofstra University. It was Hofstra. Where is that in New York? Um, it is in Hempstead, Long Island. Oh, and did you like New York? Um, I actually did enjoy it. Um, I loved um, being able to go around through public transportation. I know like when you look at it, it's like, oh, the subways are gross and the buses are nasty. But I loved going through that process of just going from here to here and being able to walk my way everywhere and having so many different people was a little great. bit different than East yeah, Tennessee is different it? but did you find them ambitious in mm, general a yes. lot of ambitious or unique mm. yeah very ambitious like trying to work on like internships to like the jobs and like career that they're wanting like by sophomore year mm. <laughs> I was I would be absolutely lost in New York if I didn't have the uh uh maps on my phone app because if I type in how to get from one point to another, it'll give you the exact metro or subway to get on. Mm-hmm. But that takes a while, so you mastered that, huh? Yeah, good deal, good for you. That's what I said, like she was um, talking about some of we looked at some of the success, and that was one of the things she figured out. She said about herself very quickly is that she can be. She went to Chicago, did modeling there, and quickly learned um, how the train system works and 
how the, what did you call it? The, it's like a. The, the Metro and the L. The Metro and the L. And she figured out how the blocks work in New York. And she figured out how it all worked in Chicago. And so she said, I, I realize I kind of have a knack for that. So that's a huge thing to know. I can go to a far away um, from little Blunt County all the way to the big city and master that pretty quickly. It's so good for perspective. Until I, I was in Los Angeles for eight years. And I didn't realize how much I appreciate this area, but I also appreciate a different, what's important here is not important everywhere. And hearing it is different from actually going there. I'm going to ask you this. Did you see on the news about the person who climbed up on the Statue of Liberty in protest of did you see? Did you guys see this? There was a lady who climbed up on the pedestal. Oh, yes, and she was holding on to the... Um like her, the bottom of like her robes or something. That's a New York thing. Mm-hmm. That would be a new. I think it was a good cause, wasn't it? Due to black uh, police negative treatment toward. I believe so. I just like caught the cartel of it. So. Yeah. But you have crazy people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's crazy. Maybe that's a crazy thing to do. But oh my gosh, were you ever nervous? Ever nervous mm. walking around? You always feel safe. It depends. If you have like a certain look on your face, like no one will bother you. (laughs) No eye contact. Yeah. Like it's definitely not like over here because like I remember like over here, like you'll whenever you pass someone, like you'll either like just look at them, smile or just like wave at them. And then like that's how you do it. And over there, it's like not like that at all. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was just reminiscing. I was there not too long ago. I had the best pizza ever in New Jersey. (laughs) New York's fun. I would not want to live there. 10 days is good for me. Any final thoughts for you all? Thank you for opening up and let me letting me ask a couple questions oh, about no your problem. personal journey there. Any final thoughts you want to get off your chest as we get out of here? I think I think you've hit in your book the number one thing that I have to give, I think, kids is empathy and to let them know there's someone there um, and, and hopefully hopefully I can be a friend to you, help you out. Um, it's going to be okay kind of thing. But then when we get into the deeper sides of it, um, some things like you were talking about, some processing and asking yourself some different questions and kind of rethinking and talking to ourselves kinder. Um, like we would talk to a friend is how we should talk to ourselves. I like that. I guess, um, Learning how to deal with anxiety is a learning process on how to deal with yourself and how to deal with others and learning how the world is changing and the world is getting smaller and the circles that connect us are getting bigger. And Mm. like, I guess even earlier in my childhood and, um, like you had to deal with like your school life, your family, and your friends, and now it's your school life, your family, and your friends, and all that can happen at the same time through social media because you can carry those connections to people with you everywhere that you go. So as time changes, you learn like how you adapt to certain stressors and learning how you react to them and how other people react to you reacting. I think the word I'm getting is cerebral (laughs) for you. Isn't she Lisa? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's all I got. Anything else? No, but, 
Thank you. We had fun. How nice Thank is you. that? Thank you so much. Good stuff. How nice was that? Wow. I just escorted Lisa and Hannah out. They took a quick tour of my house. And you know the thing that's coming up for me? I wish I had food. You know, some fruit, chips and dip, some crackers, just some finger foods. It's 5.30 here. Maybe even dinner. Wouldn't, have been a ni- wouldn't that have been nice? i got to be a better host. But I will send them a nice little thank you. And it's so cool for Hannah to just open up and share like that. When someone asks me personal questions and I talk about anxiety, it takes something from me. It takes energy. And it's also not always helpful. Every time someone asks me about my anxiety, it's not the best response to go into it or my personal story. So thank you, Hannah. You did not expect to speak today, but boy, did you. And Lisa, who obviously has incredible connections with students. I saw that. That's why I asked her. I was her intern. And and she remembers everybody's name when we went up and looked at the high school. Uh, we had an event at the high school, rather. And students, oh my gosh, Lisa. She shows up and she cares. And she's an incredible counselor. And she has these relationships going. But my goodness, nice work. Hannah had a nice voice, too. She just sounded really good. Let's review. Thank you, Fitness and Biceps Podcast. Or, excuse me, Business and Biceps Fitness. Business and Biceps Podcast. And your, your thoughts on anger. Thank you, Dr. Berg. Signs of B1 deficiency as well as his thoughts on sugar. Again, I've been trying out intermittent fasting. It's been multiple days. I have not eaten until 2 p.m. I'm going to continue to play around with diet. I I have noticed some interesting things there. Moving on. Thank you, Dr. Berg. And again, a huge thank you to Lisa. And thank you to the young, honorable, smart Hannah. We appreciate it. I will see you on the next one. Episode 8, now in the books. July 20th, episode 9 coming up next week. Thank you. Bye.